0: Hello, welcome to Workplace Wake Up. I'm Jen Shaw. Every week, I spend about 15 minutes covering legal developments, introducing you to interesting guests, and providing some entertainment to start your workday. I'm so glad we're talking about this today. The women's soccer team, huge news. As I think you know, Ella is a huge fan. Um, She actually got a special birthday greeting from Mia Hamm, a very famous, of course, women's soccer Player, And we finally got a settlement of the lawsuit, right? And this is very timely for us because as many of you know, April 1st is the deadline for the DFEH's pay data reporting here in California, applicable to employers who have 100 or more employees. Sounds simple. It's a little complicated, but the DFEH does have some great FAQs. We thought this was a great time to talk about equal pay. So, Erica, what, why is this such a hot topic right now?
1: Oh, gosh, it's fantastic. You know, as you mentioned, the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team, they started this equal pay endeavor back in 2016. Um, As many of you may know, there is that exhausting the administrative remedies process of filing with the EEOC. And through all of this, there was a change in administration. And fast forwarding to 2019, the ladies finally Filed their lawsuit, um, claiming that they were treated differently than their male counterparts. They weren't receiving the same wages and they weren't um, receiving the same working conditions. And as you mentioned, a settlement was has finally been reached. And it's so important because in California to bring equal pay practices to California's workplaces. So Jen, talk to us a little bit about what the Equal Pay Act in California requires.
0: So this is interesting. Um, One of the things that I think a lot of employers don't understand is it does not require you to pay everyone the same amount. The legislature recognizes that there will be differences based on experience, geographical location, degrees sometimes you know do you have a college degree or college education in a particular issue so the california legislature recognizes that look there may be differences based on location maybe this maybe differences based on job title but what you can't do is say well you know This applicant really wants more. And I've already got the other one here sitting in the chair. So it's all right for me to pay this person more to get them in the door. There's got to be some equality. And California recognized that it was important to have a separate law, not just our anti-discrimination, anti-harassment law that is our Fair Employment and Housing Act, but something separate. And so there are a number of requirements that employers have we actually do a fair amount of Equal Pay Fair Pay Act audits for our clients to help them identify where there may be some opportunity areas in ensuring that their pay practices are fair. Now, fair, Erica, is a very interesting word, right? Because if you've heard on ESPN, there have been a number of shows and, of course, discussions since 2016 about the the women's soccer lawsuit, and basically what many. Commentators have said, is people don't watch the women, they watch the men, and the men generate more television revenue and they generate more revenue in the stands. And I get the argument, but of course, they're performing the same service, right? So it gets very tricky with professional sports where you're looking at, all right, well, what is the revenue generated? And that's really frequently how people are paid. So in this particular lawsuit, it wasn't clear at all that the women had a valid claim because maybe the basis for the pay disparity was actually legitimate. So the settlement's important because of course, it was settled without any recognition of liability and you know all sides go away, but they paid a hefty sum of money, um, not as much as certainly the women um, could have received. But i i think it's not only a victory in terms of the amount of the settlement which was what 24
1: million i think erica that's correct 24 million in total
0: um but more importantly the message right so it's very much like title nine when um schools were told years ago when when we were kids and i'm older than you are look if you're gonna have a boys basketball team you're gonna have a girls basketball team there's got to be some equality out there so I I think this lawsuit is very important for a lot of different reasons. And it is a good reminder, as we said earlier, about this April 1 deadline.
1: And before we talk about that, and we're going to do a separate podcast on that pay data, so stay tuned on that because that's a deadline coming up. But as you mentioned before, our firm does do quite a bit of audits, equal pay audits, because naturally, as you have new hires coming in the door and you have salary negotiations going on, you may end up having a disparity without even knowing that you have one. And it it makes me think about what our current hiring environment is like right now, where there's, an, a, there's still a labor shortage um, and employers are still recruiting for positions and employees are becoming much more um, bold, for lack of the, a better word, of, of really letting the employer know what they're willing to be paid for. And that includes remote working and other working conditions. So is this something that employers really should keep on the top of their mind, especially right now as we move into a hopefully an endemic phase and, and a lot of employers are still trying to fill positions. Absolutely, Erica. One of the things that I think we talk a lot about,
0: and it's critical, is you need to re-recruit your current employees. Your current employees need to be happy. I always think about this when I see an offer that is made to like, A new AT&T customers does not apply to current customers. All right, well, what are you doing for me? Because I'm your current customer. Like, aren't you happy that I've been here for 20 years? You'd think so, but I don't get a discount. And that's how a lot of employees are feeling is, look, I worked through the pandemic. I've gone through all of this drama. I've worn masks. I've socially distanced. I've done everything I'm supposed to do. But you want to pay the new person twice as much as me because you need help. I get the business need, but it's really important for employers to understand the legal risk that creates. It's not just a morale risk, which is obviously very important and something we're always working with our clients on, but the legal risk. You cannot pay two different employees different rates for the same job if they are different sexes or different races or different ethnicities. You're setting yourself
1: up for a big problem. That's right. And one of the other things that I think is worth mentioning to remind employers as we talk about hiring is around the same time or or in, in contemporaneous with the California Equal Pay Act, we also had that salary history ban, right, where employers during the hiring process cannot request or ask an applicant what their prior salary how much they were making well
0: and i got to say erica that was a long time in coming because yeah. i remember my mom my mom was a single mom and she would apply for a job and she would come home and tell me how much she was going to make and i would say well mom that's not very much like you know i've looked at ads and they're paying more well they were basing her salary on what she had at her current job so of course If you start out with discrimination, which my mother clearly faced as a woman in a very male dominated industry, she was in the car dealership industry. Um, Once you have a a lower starting salary, if you're gonna base the new salary on the old salary, you're building in discrimination. And that's what the legislature was really trying to avoid with these laws. So we don't get to ask, what's your current salary now? Can you ask what's your salary expectation? Sure, and I'm constantly telling folks, I don't care male, female, I don't care race, color, whatever, don't undervalue yourself, not only in this market, but in any market. You're bringing something to the table. I know we all need to be working. We've got bad inflation, which it doesn't sound like it's gonna improve anytime soon with what's going on in the world. We've got incredibly high gas prices. People are being affected. They need work, and I understand that. But employers have to mind their P's and Q's. I know you need workers, you've got to do it right. And believe me, when you do right by your employees, you create this relationship where people are willing to do hard things for you. They're willing to stand by you in tough times. That's what you need. You don't need a mercenary who's going to go for the highest rate. You need somebody who you know is going to work hard, do what they need to do, and, of course, be treated fairly and appropriately.
1: But don't forget about
0: those employees who are already sitting in your chairs.
1: Well stated, Jen. And Jen, I think that was so well said um, when we're talking about paying the the salary that's owed, the amount that the individual is valued at as far as, you know, as well as the value you see in that applicant or that person who is applying for the position. And again, it's not just about money anymore. There's so much more to work-life balance than ever before and definitely that need for flexibility. So, I know that we've, we are constantly hearing from our clients about people complaining that, you know, Jane gets to work from home, but John doesn't, or, you know, especially as we are starting to reintroduce this new hybrid work model, the, where they're working is also becoming an issue. Now, granted, that's not part of the, the salary uh, laws, but it's certainly something that employers need to be aware of and to, 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 pay attention to. Well,
0: it's certainly part of fairness too, Erica, right? You know, when we talk about the Fair Pay Act, sure, it's about compensation, but you will have a discrimination claim if you don't have a fair way of assessing who gets to remote work. Remember way before COVID, right? We had some very important cases that came down where employers said, well, if you've received a disciplinary action, you're not eligible to remote work. Well, what if I need to remote work because of my disability? You can't consider my disciplinary action. So as employers, we really have to think about, okay, What is the right thing for us to be doing? How do we do what we're supposed to do following the rules? And by the way, thinking that you should just hire someone who's breathing, like, I just need somebody now, that's how you lose clients. That's how you lose customers. We were at Disneyland um, over the last couple of days, and it was such a different Disney than I was at before the pandemic. The employees were... Um, vocalizing their frustration with the company in front of the guests, which you never heard from Disney talking about how their wages are low and how the working conditions are tougher. Now with all the rules, I was feeling like I needed a PhD in Disney to even figure out how to get on a ride because there's different rules. You've got lightning lane, you've got genie plus you've got all these other things going on. And it struck me that, you know, Disney has been closed for a year and they got to make up some revenue. But I didn't leave having a Disney-like magical feeling. I left feeling like I had a great time with Ella, and we loved our time away, but $20 because I wanted to ride Rise of the Resistance on top of everything else that I was being charged, meals that you have to order online, and then there's no slots during the busy times unless you booked 90 days ago. Like It was just very interesting to me. And I think as employers, we make a mistake if we don't recognize we're in it for the long haul. We need employees who want to be in it for the long haul, who are willing to be trained and coached. So Erica, it's probably time to wrap this up. That's probably a subject for another podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here today. And thank you all for listening. Thanks, Jen. It's always fun. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to spread the word, please share it with others, post about it on social media, and or rate and review it. Of course, you can also follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, and email us at info at shala
1: Workplace Wake Up, including its guests and hosts, do not provide legal advice in this podcast. Do not act upon any of the information discussed in this podcast without consulting a licensed attorney in your jurisdiction.